Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everybody, welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Pretty Scary Boo. Caitlin's back. Yay. Yay. I'm back. We missed you so much. <laughs> oh gosh, I missed you guys so much. I genuinely missed you doing oh, this show. You I were was... in Tampa. She was in Tampa. Oh, God, yes. I was in Tampa. Any any anything you, you want to say I about flew, Tampa? I flew. I'm just like thinking of all the things that I'm going to be going over here in the next two hours, just in general. And I'm like, there's just a lot of travel saga involved. But yeah, I flew three days in a row, which as a pregnant person, it was. and I sat in the middle seat. On all oh, of them? Oh, on all of them? For I feel like most of those flights. Mm. Something shitty that like you would get through a corporate job. Correct. Oh, right. yeah. Cheapest oh, you probably need flight. to go like to the bathroom a lot because you're pregnant. Yeah. Middle, middle seat. Also, like, I know that you probably don't need to move around a lot because you're pregnant. And, right. Um, so we'll just sit you right here. Um, so opioids. So opioids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about opioids today. Let's do it. Yeah. We did it. Anyone here have experience with opioids? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've taken them. I've oh. never been addicted to them, but so it's like pain relievers, right? It's pain medicine. Um, it's pain medicine like oxycodone <clears throat> uh, or oxycontin, things like morphine. that. Morphine. Morphine. It's like hair. Like the each one is like sort of a step up to heroin. They're all a derivia- de- derivative of opium. Yeah. So if I <clears throat> got my wisdom teeth removed, I would have taken. Is this going to be a word problem? I'm bad I, with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Vicodin. Is Vicodin one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, I have. Yeah. I have been on every opioid because of all my surgeries. I've sure. been on all of them. Yeah. So, I, I before we even, like, get into this whole thing, what I'll say is, like, to me, the opioid addiction is the saddest addiction. Because, sure. okay, if you're addicted to heroin, that's one thing. Like, okay, you're just, you're addicted to the best feeling. Got right. it. Okay, cool. But if you have an opioid addiction and you're constantly taking this medication, it's so depressing. It's like yeah. you have to not want to feel anything. Like right, that right. the goal in your day has to just be to not feel anything. That's Michael. Well, maybe we shouldn't have you here for this because <laughs> uh no, but I mean seriously, like I the last time I was on anything like that was after my my monster truck rally extravaganza at the last at the end of last year. Sure. And fuck, I mean, it was like the pain was gone, but like I felt like a walking Nirvana song. I was just like, "This is yeah. pointless." <laughs> like, yeah, it's like the pain is gone, but it's not. You know, you what just else? don't feel it, and you don't you don't care. You know that what else is gone? Pain. You know what else is gone? Your ability to shit gone. Yes, yes. There are even commercials now. Yeah. Have you seen the one with the construction worker where he's oh, like, yeah. "They prescribe me opioids." 
and like looks off camera and goes, and I never stopped taking them. And then he's all fucking backed up. They made me constipated. Yeah, like like, I'm five and a half months pregnant now, and I look the same back when I was taking opioids from my back. (laughs) Like, wow. Yeah. Poop baby. When I finally pooed, it was like an exorcism. It was insane. It was bad. Most people would cringe hearing that, but that just feels like relief to me. I can just. Well, I mean, it's. After any major surgery you have, they don't let you leave the hospital until you poo because mm-hmm. they put you on opioids and they have to make sure that your, right. b- your bowels are back in order. And and that's <clears throat> actually kind of an interesting or a good place to start yeah. with what we're actually talking about because that's the thing with opioids. They used to just prescribe them in hospital situations under really strict supervision, yeah. not just because of the side effects, but because of how addictive they are. Yeah. And that's how it was for years and years and years and years and years. And then sometime in uh, the 80s, this letter goes around, not a medical study, not anything peer reviewed, just a five sentence letter that maybe suggests opioids aren't addictive. Well, it was like in a health magazine or a health journal. Yeah. Well, what it was, it was uh, it came out in the 80s. Dr. Herschel Jick, who is a doctor at Boston University Medical Center. Come on, man. With the best name of all time. I got this letter from Jick. Did you read it? (laughs) You hear what Jick's talking about these days? Did you hear Jick's wife's holiday letter? It was also really short. I know his name's Jick, but you know what I call him? Penis. (laughs) Guy's a big penis. Jick's a penis. (laughs) Hey-o. Gave that one to myself. (laughs) That was good. He kept looking at me, and I just wasn't. Like, we don't have that. Yeah, I I don't want to. I don't want to. No, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, the I next, don't need... want me to laugh. The next but... Kickstarter is just to give Carrie and I soundboards. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is the one of the best yeah. investments. I know. Because the sound effects were such a big part of this network, and it, this makes it so much easier. I'm glad you're finding yourself back. I really am. All it's right, back journey. to Back to Jick. About, back to Dr. Jick. Dr. Jick. He was interested in the subject of addiction, and he asked a grad student to use uh, this database he had put together to calculate how many inpatient inpatients at the hospital became addicted. And he was so intrigued by the findings that he wrote a letter, a letter to the New England Journal of Medicine who published it. And this letter first appeared in a 1980 issue, and it was a letter to the editor. So it wasn't even like he wrote an article for them. Right. He just so he wrote them like a Dear Abby? Yeah, he just okay. wrote them a thing saying, hey, guess what I'm doing in my hospital? And it was a letter to the editor, not an official study, and it described a rudimentary analysis of 11,822 hospital patients who took a narcotic painkiller at least once. And according to this letter, the vast majority of those patients tolerated the drugs without becoming addicted, which... That's what does not, that even mean? Yeah, that's not that. There's so much wrong with it. One one thing that's interesting to note: this happened in Boston, which is also kind of the epicenter of the heroin problem right now. Is the Northeast? Mm-hmm. That's where it's the worst. No. Which is interesting because of how big the medical We're black tar, yeah, black tar heroin. Yeah, that's that's a thing we'll talk about in a minute. It's East kind of it's else. divided. East Coast is like east of the Mississippi. It's all powder heroin. And west of the Mississippi, it's all black tar heroin. And like, will the coast ever agree on one thing? Never. Yeah, it's There's Tupac and Biggie all over again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Always a rivalry. I hate it. So uh, 
here are a couple quotes from the letter before we read the whole thing, because it's so goddamn short, we can read this whole thing. Uh, there were only four cases of reasonably well-documented addiction in patients who had no history of addiction. The addiction was considered major in only one instance. And because of that, their conclusion, we conclude that despite widespread use of narcotic drugs in hospitals, the development of addiction, addiction is rare in medical patients with no history of addiction. And we all know now that's super incorrect. Like, they're they're insanely addicted. Well, okay, so here's what I'll say with this is you're right. We know now that and I'm not I'm not trying to defend this stupid letter. Oh, no, 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 no. But there's so little research done on addiction, period. Right. So, especially back he, then, too. Like, oh yeah, I mean nothing. There's very I mean, like they've even gone as far as to f- they're finally de- I was just listening to a Radio Lab episode about this how they've got a medicine for people that are trying to to wean themselves off of alcohol yeah and it doesn't i mean it kind of works you know and then there's all this back and forth about even you know 12 step programs right and only 12 step programs only work for 10 percent of addicts there's a reason for that because not everybody becomes an addict for a genetic reason some people become addicts for circumstantial reasons so but we just there's just not enough research there. So he's right. he's what he's citing is probably like one of the only studies there is. Well, the thing it is, is it, it's its own completely skewed study. Yeah, and the thing is, he didn't ever intend this to be a medical study. He was no. like, we'll get more into it. But he, you're right, and that's since the then is, has yeah. come to really regret writing this letter because of all the things it's caused. But he was just trying to write them and say, hey, check out this thing that happened. And what happened is once it was published, people started taking it and citing it as an actual medical study. But it sounds like not right away. I think it had been like a couple of years like where he had written articles since then. And he had actually for, kind of forgotten about it. Yeah. It, it actually, until 2010, when the New England Journal of Medicine put its full archives online, you couldn't even find a copy of this letter unless you went to an academic library and found like an actual physical copy. And... So somebody looked for the letter to make money. Right, 100%. Right, right. And, and Big it, Pharma, am I right? Hey-o. Hey-o. You're so edgy, Carrie. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was, be careful. We might get killed for a comment like that. We might. But seriously, that's, so that's all this is, is some asshole in a suit was like, Yeah, he was just find. like, and not not even necessarily an asshole. Well, the, the asshole would be the, the drug yeah. companies, obviously. Because I'm thinking... I'm sure there were other weird kind of flippant letters like this written. Right. This was just the one they found. Yeah, this is just the one. It was in a really well-respected publication, and it had positive news for opioids and addiction. So fake they, news. They just kind of yeah. They just kind of fucking run with it. Like it was published in the correspondence section, which is Jesus. not what happens with peer-reviewed studies. That's where the horoscopes are, right? Yeah, in pretty much. Journals, so I went to an AA meeting once. Have you guys ever been? Oh, yeah. I've been to one. Yeah. Well, you went. Uh, is it Al-Anon? Like for the family? Well, I've been to Al-Anon, but my dad would take me to his AA meeting sometimes. As oh. a kid. Because he didn't have like a babysitter? Because he used me as a human feeling shield. <laughs> oh, sure. So there's that. You've been? Yeah, because I drank a bunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And but then, then he, I went to one meeting and I was like, mm, no. Me too. I went to one meeting. Yeah. I went with yeah. um, my uh, my ex and he has, you know, again, when he drank into drugs, I mean, he went through however many jobs and, uh, you know, but he also became one of those preachy 
No, they, that's the only reformed. way. That's the only way you yeah, stay in the program. Addicts. I'm yeah. telling you, there is no. And listen, I don't want to offend anybody listening to this because here's the thing: I have a friend. I I'm sure well, sobriety saved her life for sure. Right. But it's like it's like a church. I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's not a. So I went with him. It was like a Sunday at like ten. And then at 11 o'clock, they were still going over, like, birthdays and anniversaries. Whoa, and I was like, there's Dude. football to watch. Well, not just that, but it's like, I want to hear some <laughs> stories about how you bottomed out. Like, that's part of the fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but It then, is, though. I mean, that's why I, I didn't mind going to my dad's meetings, because I actually really enjoyed myself. Our, uh, our friend Gabby texted me, and she was like, hey, Carrie, I'm at uh, the Cat and Fiddle. She was like, they have bottomless mimosas till one. Can you meet me? And I was like, Gabby, I'm at an AA meeting. <laughs> of course I can. But let me see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like, Dave, I was like, sorry, like my friend Gabby just texted me and she's having an emergency. I have to go. And he was like, okay. And then I left and I went to the AA meeting. And then the week after, because he'd come over for coffee before his meetings. And I think like the week after, it was a Sunday morning. I went out on Saturday and like turned up. And oh, he sure, was sure. like, you know, Carrie, I don't feel like you're taking... <laughs> I don't feel like you're taking this AA thing very seriously. And I was like, dude, th- like this is more of your hobby, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's your goal. But I mean, you did what you could. Yeah. I was in, I was in a outpatient rehab kind of thing. Like I had already quit drinking. I was just doing it sort of as, as a show thing mm-hmm. for my girlfriend. And I, I was going like regularly every day for a couple weeks and I wasn't drinking, but I was smoking weed and I would, uh, I was going during the day and it was fine. And then at one point I had to switch to the night classes. Those are dark. And I got in this night class and there was this guy, he's a white dude living in South Dakota. And he just starts ranting about how he can't quit uh, smoking meth because the system is rigged against him. And it's like, motherfucker, the system is rigged against the Indians. We stole this state from (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) And I just like, we took a break and I went out and smoked a joint in the parking lot. And then, Time left to go home. And Squeal, I bet back. you like squealed and like yeah. the car kind of like fishtailed. And on I the did, way out. and that wasn't an actual prayer. That was, <laughs> that wasn't an actual AA meeting. I went to one AA meeting, and uh, there were two people I used to work with, and I was like, "No, I don't like that's, this. That, that's, I don't. Uh, this isn't what I signed up for." I had to hold hands with one of them, the dude. No, I was like, "No, <laughs> you're definitely ruining the second A in AA if you know two people." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, now it's just a bunch of alcoholics. Yeah. Let's drink. Part of the fun in LA is that you'll see celebrities. I've done, uh, yep. Oh yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. That's why my dad went to the the fancy ones. I want to go. He to the was fancy doing ones. it right. He was doing AA right. Oh, there's so many. He did one thing right. <laughs> he went to the right AA meetings. <laughs> right. He drug you along to the right AA meetings. Such a weird move. Anyway, back to this. Anyway, so people, this letter comes out in the New England Journal of Medicine. It's not a peer reviewed study, but people start citing it. As if it is. and Doctors. Doctors okay. begin citing just, just it. Just checking. Doctors and pharmaceutical companies. God damn it. Um, keep in mind, the five-sentence letter, one researcher writing in 1990 in Scientific American called it an extensive study. A paper for the Institute of Clinical Systems Improvement called uh, it a landmark report. And in a 2001 article in Time fucking magazine... The author called it a landmark study showing that the exaggerated fear that patients would become addicted to opiates was basically unwarranted. So you're telling me that this country's opioid epidemic 
or epidemic began because of the world's most dangerous game of telephone. Pretty much, yeah. Got it. Yeah, it's it's like it just That's, like a myth got passed down through the medical I feel like community. Time magazine is better than that. Absolutely, right? No. Like, it's like it seems like they would fact check. Apparently more. not. Like it doesn't seem like anybody really fact checked this letter to the yeah. Editor. And one of the things people left out when they were citing this is that this, if it was even a study, which it wasn't, was conducted under regimented hospital mm. conditions. Which is completely different from sending someone who might have whatever emotional problems or whatever else going on in their life, just sending them out with a fucking bucket of opioids. I, you know, ultimately, the problem I have with this is that it, it's just a long chain of people looking the other way. You can't, yes. I mean, and, and, and very, very deliberately so. That's, mm-hmm. You can't tell me that these doctors didn't know that this was a shit thing. That what the, they uh, had the, to, yeah. So... Uh, so this is a big push. So really what I'm seeing here is is an office filled with people sending this letter all dressed up to different publications saying right. we're the, you know, <laughs> oh, no, opioids, opioids just fine, you know, Institute of America. Yeah. Uh, I've got a nice suit. I've got good teeth. I'm going to take you out to dinner. Time Magazine reporter. Here you go. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot I, of pharmaceutical sales reps, one, it, they are supposed to be attractive. So yeah, that's why a lot of them do get, um, you know, like boob jobs and yeah, whatever facial reconstruction. I don't know, whatever, whatever they do. It's why you got a great job doing it. I could see why you would do well. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. And then I couldn't even make it through training, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Very highly regimented. Um, but and I still have friends who do pharmaceutical sales and medical device sales. You make a lot of money, um, but it is a lot of schmoozing. It's a lot of bringing the doctors lunch. Yeah. And, you know, they do. They get really hefty sales bonuses. But and it's on the other side of that. You also have the, the, the team quarterbacking those efforts, which is what I'm thinking here. Because it's not just the sales reps. It's, it's the pharmaceutical companies. It's the, it's companies. the companies yeah. oh, massaging these decisions on sure. a different level. The whole thing is insane. Yeah. yeah. Purdue, I love it. Purdue Pharma, which makes OxyContin, which is like the worst. Like, you might as well be taking heroin once you're taking OxyContin. They... Ass- used this letter extensively to say that less than 1% of patients treated with opioids uh, became addicted. Even better, we can hear the motherfuckers say it. It's on YouTube. Really? Yeah. It says the following clip is from a video used by... There's no question that our best, strongest pain medicines are the opioids, but these are the same drugs that have a reputation for causing addiction and other terrible things. Now, in fact, the rate of addiction this is amongst insane. pain patients who are treated by doctors is much less than 1%. They don't wear out, they go on working, they do not have serious oh medical side effects. And so these drugs, which I repeat, are our best, strongest pain medications, should be used much more than they are for patients in pain. I, I closed that too early on accident, but holy shit, that's crazy. There yeah. were only like six seconds left, but Just, that's, that's someone talking about fucking OxyContin which people eventually started robbing pharmacies for. They have a lot of people uh, addicted to OxyContin on intervention. Yeah. there was. We talked about, we kind of teased this episode of Pretty Scary on the Monday show this week because we talked about the new healthcare bill and what it's going to do for opioids, which we'll also talk about here. And someone in the comments said in their town they had to put like steel reinforcements in the walls of the pharmacy 
because people were like fucking driving cars through the wall just to get OxyContin. And this video, which is maybe that's how the zombie apocalypse will happen. Yeah, just people jonesing for uh, for Oxy. Yeah, it's it's fucking insane. And uh, like I said, Doctor Jix, he regrets ever writing the letter. He said the letter wasn't of value to health and medicine in and of itself. So if I could take it back, if I knew then what I know now, I would never have published it. It wasn't worth it. And there is now on the New England Journal of Medicine website, that letter's still there, but there's a note attached to it that says, for reasons of public health, readers should be aware that this letter has been heavily and uncritically cited as evidence that is that addiction is rare with opioid therapy. So... Uh, like Carrie mentioned, this all happens at the same time drug companies are sending all of these reps out. Sure. Which I think has, to some degree, been... They've kind of limited their ability to do that now, I believe. I think there are sanctions, I guess, if that's what you want to call it. Um, which, as far as... Like what they question? can... Oh, no, 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 no. Go on. Oh, as far as, yeah, what they can do as far as lunches and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but as far as um, now that the compensation damage... for yeah, yeah. using we're we're in a too little too late yep area you know, now. Interesting, like um, so I have psoriasis and I finally I've had it since I was six and it got really bad over this last year and so finally because um, my case was always mild they were like okay it's bad enough we can start giving you steroid injections shots and I mean I went through like a month of you blood did. work. Where I was like, fuck, if I do all this and I still don't get approved for the shot, and the shot is $11,000. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, luckily, my insurance is paying for it, but, well, or most of it, at least, by I me, mean, I still have co-pays. But, I mean, I had to make sure that I didn't have anything, um, like, tuberculosis. Uh, fuck, I couldn't get a vac- vaccine within a year yeah. of taking it. Anything there, like, that will lower your immune system. Well, it's the, like, well, but here's the the problem is is like a, st- a steroid affects all sorts of stuff. Like yeah. when I hurt my back, I was on a seven day steroid regimen and I had all sorts of weird side effects. You know, I put on like probably, probably like eight pounds of water weight in a week. I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm gaining weight, but I think that's because I've been eating pizza and drinking. No, it's probably the steroids. <laughs> no, let's, let's blame the steroids. I, let's blame the steroids. I think. Cause it's been like a week and a half since I've gotten, yeah, no, I mean, it's, that'll that'll do it. And then it also messed up my cycle completely. Like I I started my period out of nowhere. And so what my point is, is that like steroids will mess up things in, in your system. Like it'll mess up your nervous system and all sorts of stuff. Pain medication won't do that right away. So they don't have to vet you like that to give right. you pain medication. And the the truth is. When you're bo- I mean, the medical reasons for giving someone stero- for, sorry, opioids in the beginning is that when your body is under extreme pain, is, 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 is in extreme pain, it's also under extreme stress. And it actually inhibits healing, which is why right. I'm also an advocate yeah. for taking pain medication when you're in the hospital. I have right. all these like people in my life that are like, no, I just, you know, just give me Tylenol. It's like, no, no. <laughs> like, if you've like, if, yeah, you need to take that stuff when you're in the hospital. Anti-inflammatories and opioids—they work really well together when you need to heal. Yeah, but that's a that's a lesson I had to. It took me a while to learn how important it is. If something hurts, take a fucking Advil. Like it will fix so many things. Like anti-inflammatories are amazing. They're really important too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want you don't want your shit to just stay inflamed. 
No matter what it is. No. There's almost it, nothing that you want to just be constantly inflamed. No. What if it's your stone dick? Oh. Right? Know, finger me. Sorry. Oh, oh, finger me. It was an inside joke from... I, that's, I got it. Okay. I actually knew what you are talking about. Okay. So, yeah, the, the makers of OxyContin send all these drug reps out to start pushing this drug, and it works. It came on the market in 1996. They had $50 million in sales. In 2012, that jumped to $1.6 billion, and it has uh, continued at that levels uh, at those levels to the point now where they're around $30 billion a year in sales. So what does that mean for us and uh, opioids that we were told are not addictive? It's just so weird because I feel like pain medication can literally also just save your life sometimes. Yeah, that's the problem is these are things that when used correctly, they're very, very useful. But... What's so bad about keeping a person in the hospital until they don't have to take opioids anymore? Well, the other problem, though, with it is that a lot of these people that get addicted to things like Oxy and stuff like that have chronic pain. And that's really different. That's not the same thing as even with what I went through, like open heart surgery, for example. Sure. There probably is a very low rate of addiction after something like that because your pain starts to go away because you heal. But if you get in some horrible car accident and then you're in pain for the rest of your life... Yeah. That's the sad part. That's what know? happens with athletes. Oh, like, yeah. A lot of athletes end up addicted to opioids. Yeah, because it also, also contrary to what Mr. Video Box said a couple minutes ago, it loses its potency really quickly. Yeah, yeah. It loses it really, really quickly. And that's the other, one of the other crazy things is when doctors were marketing this in the late 90s and early 2000s, one of the selling points they tried to convince people of was that these drugs are so strong that they last for 12 hours at a time. Right. So people were only taking them every 12 hours and literally going through withdrawals up until the point where they would take another. So then they get addicted to them. Yeah. And it's 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 such an insane the other thing story. The other thing that's really bad about a 12-hour cycle is you get behind your own pain cycle. Right. So if you're healing from something, and this is just... This, look, I'm not a doctor, so don't sue me or whatever, but... I always took my pain medication about a half hour earlier than I was supposed to. This is, again, after major open-heart surgery and my sternum had been cracked open, so just right, bear with right. me, people. But if you get behind the pain cycle, you never catch up. And you do get addicted, weirdly, because you keep trying to take it right. to abate the pain. It's just it's so, it's so sad. Yeah, it really is. Hey, everybody. Just a reminder, if you want to hear this show every single week, and hear all of our other shows completely ad-free. Sign up for our subscription service at patreon.com slash unpops. It's just $5 a month. We release 10 to 12 episodes each week. Listen to some of them. Listen to all of them. Either way, it's a great deal. Patreon.com slash unpops. Sign up today. Thanks. We love you. So let's go through some uh, really depressing statistics. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right now, over two... New statistics, boo. Boo. Wee. I was trying to find the right sound effect for it, and I just couldn't couldn't do it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I thought it was good. It's fine. It was... Silence oh, was a good sound. Being very fast. Go ahead, Adam. <laughs> it's the cunt dinger, Carrie. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever cunt heard dinger? it. Uh... 
Yay. Anytime someone says the C Kun- word. Kunstinger sounds like a German holiday. <laughs> it really does. It sounds oh, like. Oh, welcome to Kunstinger. <laughs> where they have like big signs. They just hand you a big sign. Yeah, there's just like a hot big lady. Big a cunt. With her boobs hanging out. And then you get some, you get some bratwurst for Kunstinger. And you eat schnitzel. <laughs> schnitzel at Kunstinger. Schnitzel. Ah! <laughs> This thing's going to break. And then all the hot dogs look like vaginas. <laughs> like a... All the buns look like vaginas. Like a cunt. Like a oh. cunt. <laughs> that thing's so fun. I'm laughing like an idiot right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to, because we're about to get into some really depressing shit. Yeah. Right now, over 2 million Americans are estimated to be dependent on opioids. An additional 95 million use prescription painkillers in the past year. That's more people than use tobacco in this country, which that's fucking nuts. Well, I wonder what the crossover is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Let's draw that Venn diagram. Yeah. Okay. But if only two million are addicted, I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Out of 95 million? Like, I'm not good at math. We need Angie. Where are you getting 95? Oh, out of the 95 million. million. Oh, yeah. Painkillers. Yeah, that's just the people who used them. Right. So to actually be addicted. Yeah, but. To, that ninety-five million isn't including opioids. It isn't just opioids. It's prescription painkillers, some of which it are not. It also doesn't include like the babies that they're pregnant with. Yeah, or the families that. They're yeah, ruining. which that's I, a lot of. That's a big ripple effect. I don't know la- the last time. On? I don't know last time either of I'm you on your side. looked at the notes, but I added a story about kids I, and opioids. That's quite the bummer. But uh, you really. Really threw a fun one together here for us, Adam. Thanks yeah, so this much. is. Uh, I've really been looking to the looking forward to this episode. Now <laughs> that we're have, doing it, I'm you, like, oh, this is a slog. But you have been excited about it. I have. We've been talking you guys, about he's it. He's lit forever. up like a Christmas tree every time. He's like, oh, the opioid episode, and now we're in it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's like the Holocaust. Go yeah. on. From 2000, 2000- that was Caitlin, by the way, who made it a Holocaust reference and not me. Right, right. That's noted in the public record. From 2005 to 2014, the national rate of opioid-related inpatient stays in hospitals rose by 64.1%, but the rate for opioid-related visits to the ER has risen by 99.4% in that same time. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, between 2000 and 2014, the rate of overdose deaths involving opioids in the United States increased yeah. 200%. Uh, between 2013 and 14 alone, that rate increased 14%. Opioids kill 90 people in the United States every single day. But I mean, there's so many people in the United States. Is it really that? If many? anything killed 90 people every day, it would. Well, if a virus killed 90 people every day, we would all be stuck in our houses and not allowed outside. Like the Zima virus? Am I right? The Zima virus. Limited time only. Finger me. Zima virus. But I think this I think this is the statistic that really drives it home the most, which is yeah. in 2016 it's estimated that there's going to be somewhere between 56 and 65,000 uh opioid related deaths because opioid deaths take a, a while for statistics to come in. Uh but that's the estimate for 2016 at the peak of their individual epidemics. Car crashes at a, at back when there were no seatbelt laws and no airbags, at their height, those were the days. Killed exactly back when terrorism was the shit in this country. Mm-hmm. They killed fifty five thousand people a year at their peak. 
Uh, I got lost. Oh, HIV at its peak killed 45,000 people in one year. And guns, 38,000 people. So as much as we talk about guns killing people in this country, opioids kill more people. I say that all the time, actually. Every year. I, I, get, I, get, in, I, get, I get in arguments about that a lot. Because I think, like, here's an easy one, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, uh, well, not now. Now it's not. Now it's going to be a very long process of getting ourselves out of this, but... Yeah. So so yeah, what that like I said, that means opioids kill more people than car crashes did before seatbelt laws and airbags. Here's what I'm saying. We're gonna pull our money together and we're gonna invest in a constipation drug because that it really will be like shitting gold for the next ten years. Like yeah, I'm telling for sure. you, like that's you don't you don't poop. <laughs> like and it kills you if you don't poop and people take whatever. And there's these doctors will prescribe that too. Yeah, that's what, like, that's the thing now is all the new drugs are, like, drugs. For drugs. Drugs that let you keep doing the awful shit that you're doing that makes you have to take drugs. They're, like, like, there's they're drugs. like bitch seat drugs. Yeah, there's, like, drugs for OCPD, which basically means I can't quit smoking, so I can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, take oh, this COPD. drug. OCPD, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. COPD. Yeah, yeah COPDs that killed my friend's dad. Yeah. It happens real quick. But, yeah, I mean, I just think that, like, I here's the thing that's really interesting about this, and I, I didn't see this in your notes, but overwhelmingly the population that's affected most by the opioid epidemic is women. It's a yeah, it's a much yeah. bigger women are much more affected. Bitches be tripping. Bitches be they tripping. They sure do. Well, it's I mean Oh, there's more to it than that? A, okay, go on. Yeah. It's an appreciable it's an appreciable difference in statistics. <laughs> like it's a lot of women. Yeah. And and, and then I, there's another interesting article that I read last year. Um, out of all the populations in the U.S., um, white Americans experienced a decrease in life expectancy, okay? Yeah. Which is a big deal for a population to experience a decrease in life expectancy. White women, middle-aged women, experienced the deepest wow. uh, decline in life expectancy. That's and crazy. And all of it is opioid-related and addiction-related. All yeah. of it. Alcoholism and, ad- and opioid addiction. Yeah. Across the board. And what's what's crazy is... While you're right that there's, I mean, in anything, there's one group that gets hit the hardest. The difference between this and, like, the crack epidemic, which before this, this is way bigger than the crack epidemic, way... which is crazy. But it's happening. It, it has to, a mad, but it's the landscape that it's happening in. Right. Which is why we don't see it. Because it's... the crack epidemic was limited to inner city areas. It was poor neighborhoods. It was mostly minorities. And violent. Yeah, violent areas where a lot of people felt detached from it. Like, it's almost like a war happening in another country. Because we live in L.A. where there's tons of gang murders every year, but we don't really see that. Like, that's... Like, even living here, you're kind of detached from it. But I think that the opioid epidemic proves the fact that while I agree with what you're saying, that isn't necessarily true either. I think that Americans are really good at not seeing other people's reality and pain. Right, right. Period. And we're, I mean, maybe we got training <laughs> with, yeah. with that, but I mean, I remember like back in the early 2000s being at my friend's parents' house and, you know, these moms would seem normal sometimes and then other times yeah. like not there. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. It took me later to become an adult and realize like, oh my God, right. <laughs> I know what was happening there. She was fucking loaded. And yeah. Rack. 
Yeah, or, or yeah. Well, basically, I mean, oxy is basically heroin. Like you're, it really is. They call it hillbilly heroin. You are done for the day. And and yeah, that that's kind of the the point I was actually making is that it, this is a thing that it could be anywhere. Like it's not limited to one area. It's an epidemic that's just all over the place. It's going up more in the Midwest, and I think that's because of what Carrie brought up, which is that it's powder heroin in east of the mississippi yeah. which that's way more accessible like black tar heroin you gotta you have to inject that shit basically you gotta, you gotta want it yeah you you really gotta want to really be high want it, want it. to do black tar heroin so yeah this is a, a thing that's uh kind of spreading everywhere what what did i have on the uh, oh yeah so uh Okay, it's... before we do that, let me just say one other thing. It's also contributed to massive spikes of in HIV because, oh, yeah. um, like in Ohio, there's a really big st- spike right now in, in HIV because these people were the, when the doctors finally cut them off and say, "I'm not giving you another prescription for this anymore," um, they're becoming heroin addicts. And because heroin's way more affordable, it's also than easy opioids to and get. easier to get. Yeah. yeah, and so people who are like. It's not funny, but like, you know, normal housewife, like naive people who weren't, didn't grow up on the street, don't understand what you need to be careful for. They're getting AIDS Mm -hmm. because they're injecting themselves with all sorts of shit. And now there's like clusters of these HIV outbreaks as a result. Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's fucking scary. Yeah. Like we're seeing spikes in HIV that we haven't seen since the eighties because of this. Yeah. Yeah. Syphilis is on the rise too. Yep. I believe it. Mm Mm-hmm. Syphilis tsunami. <laughs> Did you just say a syphilis tsunami? Yeah, but um Syphilami. Wipeout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was on a <laughs> Syphilis. It was on a billboard on La Brea. It was on a billboard? Yeah. Oh, so you know Free it's true. STDcheck.org. They have a lot of those. They also have a lot of uh billboards for HIV on La Brea. They yeah, they used to have one about uh, syphilis and it had the California bear on it. It's like, who's giving that bear syphilis? Leave the bear that out. Jesus. Quit fucking that bear. God. Bear fucker. Ugh. So one of the, oh. yeah, one of the, one of the segments of the population that has been especially hard hit by the opioid uh, epidemic is kids. As you would expect, there is a, uh, this is a video that's been going around quite a bit, if it will ever play and it's a uh, a girl who's <laughs> okay in the toy aisle of a department store with her mom and her mom has passed out from, who the uh, fuck is filming I know, this? That's what I yeah well the only thing i was her? thinking is maybe they've already called no. help but yeah, someone but should be trying this to do child no i yeah. i really hate this video i mean i i Yeah, like, why wouldn't someone pick that kid up? But this woman is just laying in the middle of a department store aisle, passed out because of uh, opioids, and her daughter is trying to wake her up. And people are just kind of watching. Wow. Just some guy who speaks Spanish or whatever isn't picking up this kid. What kind of fucking heartless asshole is this? Yeah. I'm sorry, but I mean, like, I understand that. I don't know. That guy's a dick. I hope he gets hit by a car. 
Yeah. Did that woman survive? Do you know? I don't. I believe she did, but I don't. I don't know the the rest of the story. Uh, but uh, who filmed something? I'm sorry. I know. I, yeah, I just, it's nuts. I can't. I get. And there's a lot of videos like this of like uh, you see. Well, one of them is a, a cop filmed it, but it was a husband and wife in the front seat of their car just passed out. And there's a kid in a car seat in the back seat like, hey, someone want to watch me? <laughs> Maybe. Because I don't know if you see what's going I on think, with these two. I think cops should film more stuff like this. Oh, yeah, that, for sure. That to me seems appropriate. They I'm, filmed it and they used it to basically shame I, those parents. I really, and or blow, blur their faces, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, that's effective enough what we just saw. Mm-hmm. But if you're an everyday person and you see something like that, how what what kind of dead person are you? You don't go reach and pick up that kid. And I mean, they were there's literally you could hear other people. I'm sorry, but like, what is that? (laughs) Yeah, I I can't. I mean, I don't hope he gets hit by a car. I'm sorry I said that. I was really upset. But my point is, I hope he gets hit by a car. I just there's a little girl right there. Like that was awful. That was in your car. He might get hit. (laughs) Correct. Uh, call back to last episode. <laughs> I forgot what order we were recording these in. But, call back to a thing we haven't said yet, but probably will. No, but that's just a general <laughs> carry. Like, I like I like the the my the myth of me that's built in Carrie's mind as time goes by. <laughs> <laughs> just my general unluck when it comes to vehicles. So, <sighs> uh, so kids. Uh, for one thing, one one thing a, a psychologist pointed out in one of these articles is that. One really unfortunate side effect of this is that kids who grow up in almost any situation, alcoholic, abusive parents, whatever, they kind of grow up to mimic that behavior. So we're raising a generation of kids who will probably be opioid addicts also. But this is also resulting in uh, kids getting placed in foster homes everywhere. For uh, Georgia is the state where it's uh, been the worst from uh, in 2000, September 2013, they had 7,600 kids in foster homes because of opioids. Uh, that jumped to 13,266 by November 2016. So it's almost doubled. And one of the most depressing cases that there's, there was more news about it today, a man named Ma- Michael McCarthy from Massachusetts was recently convicted of second-degree murder in the death of two-year-old Bella Bond. And, uh... Oh, yeah. The the girl's mother was charged as an accessory after the fact and received probation. Uh, McCarthy says the mom killed her, blah, blah, blah. But whatever the case, this kid is basically a victim of the opioid epidemic. Everyone... Every single adult in her life had some sort of heroin or opioid addiction. She was uh, conceived while her parents, Rochelle Bond and Joseph Amoroso, were living in a tent at Occupy Boston. They were both homeless and smoking crack at the time. For months after she went missing, her mother and Michael McCarthy continued drawing state benefits in Bella's name and used the money to get high. She eventually, Rochelle, her mother, eventually admitted to a friend that Bella was dead. Up to that point, Rochelle had told family and friends that Bella had been taken by DCFS, and people believed it because she had two other kids who were also taken by DCFS because of her opioid addiction. And uh, it finally came out that this one they killed. 
And there are tons of stories like this. When you're high on crack, like how do you come up with baby names, right? Like doesn't Bella seem... <laughs> that was a Twilight. strong pick for being high. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool name. Twilight. Bella Bond? Yeah. It's like... Twilight. Yeah. I don't know how many more times I have to say it. it, it she's <laughs> oh, just, because... She's you know what, Carrie? Movie. I bet it was Twilight. She's, you know Finger what? me. Finger me. I bet yeah. it's Twilight. Oh. It does not surprise me that a trashy crack addict named her daughter after a fucking character in Twilight. <laughs> that's what I think happened. Yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, that's a story that's being repeated all over the place. Kids are, kids have no fucking, no recourse in cases like this. You got two yeah, shitty I mean, parents. Here's the, like, kids are always the the final victim in anything. I mean, you, that's, I, I'm not trying to like blow this off. I'm not saying this isn't sad, but that's that's a given. You could sure. say that for anything. The yeah. car crashes, the HIV, everything we brought up, gun violence. It's the always syphilis bear. the syphilis, syphilis bear, bear. Clearly. We love you, syphilis bear. We love you, syphilis <laughs> bear. Get well Siffy. soon. Don't go blind. Siffy the bear. <laughs> um, kids are, I mean, I'm with you in that this is sad, but kids are always the victims in this situation. Anytime yeah. adults lose their desire to get their shit together, kids are going to gonna suffer that's just what's gonna happen what's sad about this specifically is that while i don't know about bella's parents there's a you could make the argument that a large portion of the people that have been swept up in the opioid epidemic were normal functioning human beings before this happened right. these are not people that you know did something stupid like picked up a heroin needle just for the shit of it and then yeah these are people that were, you know, tax following paying. doctor's orders. Exactly. Yeah. These are and 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 it's or old, just you know what I mean, like or whatever. So I think that's I think that is the scariest part about this is it's catching it's 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 affecting people that by all other accounts lived very straight laced lives, which yeah. is why people don't realize that a person is that addicted until it's too late because you don't want to see that in somebody. Yeah. That you love and care about. And it's so easy to hide an opioid addiction. Yeah. You know, it really, it really is like, there's a, Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. it's just, it keeps making me think about that. Um, what's wrong with aunt Diane. Oh, and I yeah. know that was something it's completely different. It's alcohol. Yeah. But, but it's the same, the same thing premise. as what Caitlin's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like a just regular Midwest mom. There's actually, a, exactly. there's a really great HBO documentary about opioids called warning. This drug may kill you. And it's just about that. It's about stories of people who were just living normal lives and then got in a car accident or something and got prescribed opioids. And now they're like fucking heroin addicts. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. I mean, I think that right now we have the foothold, at least, of this being something that people are talking about finally. Yeah. But from the early 2000s till about 2012 or 2010, I don't remember. I mean, nobody talked yeah. about this. Nobody. And the problem is... It was like a designer problem. Right. Right? It was like a rich person problem. <laughs> if you, had, if you yeah, were addicted a, to pain medication, you looked like Susan Lucci and you had a... Either <laughs> either that or when they called OxyContin, like, I don't... Do either of you remember? They called that hillbilly heroin, which led me to believe that it was just motherfuckers in Appalachia addicted right. to it. And it's not. It's like my sister was fucking hooked on OxyContin yeah. for a while. The, I mean, that was a very very damaging misnomer but yeah i mean I, to me the first prescription drugs that i remember people getting addicted to because again I, I did know people in like beverly hills that had money it was 
pardon me, it was Percocet was the sure, per- was yeah. the, the big one that I knew people getting really hooked on. Um, Oxy to me was surprising to find that people got addicted to it because I knew kids in high school ha- athletes <laughs> that were prescribed Oxy. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, you know, I was shocked to find out that you could get that addicted to it. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. And uh, we'll we'll close on this. There's God. There's so much to cut. We're not even gonna get to everything, but. One of the and this is what came up on the Monday show also is the uh, the new health care health care bill that just came out of the Senate uh, is going to make the opioid crisis significantly worse because when that first version of the bill came out, uh, basically Donald Trump. Let me backtrack a little. Donald Trump set up a committee to look into opioid addiction and the opioid crisis and the first thing they did in their first meeting was criticize the last version of the health care bill and how it cut so much Medicaid funding yeah. that it was going to make the opioid problem worse. So what they did is they asked for $45 billion over the next 10 years solely to deal with the opioid problem. What they got instead in that bill was a promise that they'd get $2 billion in 2018 with no promises beyond that. Ohio last year spent $993 million fighting substance abuse issues, and Medicaid funded 70% of that. Under this new bill, Medicaid would fund 4% of that. Where the fuck does the rest of that money come from? And what happens to these people when there's no money, there's no Medicaid money to treat them? It's the exact same thing that happened in the 70s. And Adam, Adam, I, I don't want to cut you off, but don't you know that addiction's your fault? Yeah, exactly. It's these people's fault. They did it to themselves. Well, that's also spending money, but I mean, how many people relapse? You know what I yeah. mean? So it's like it's not even like a surefire, like you'll be recovered. I mean, yes, that's the hope, but it right. also could just be money. I don't want to say wasted. But where they aren't able to turn their life around. Right. But it's, it's, that's one of the arguments that uh, one of Trump's people made was that, well, how much difference does it make any, oh. anyway? Well, it makes – it's better than nothing, I guess, because right. the alternative no, is that, that we do that. nothing. And it's, it's just a continuation of like what Reagan started when they shut down all of those mental health institutions yeah. and basically created the homeless – yeah. Uh, crisis. They're doing the same thing with opioids now, where they're gonna just gut all of this funding. I just think they want them all to die. I, I, I honestly, yeah, I really think that that's. Or what they t- want them in prison. Nah, I, where they can make money off them. Also, nah, I, that's 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 black people, Adam. I'm talking about white people. That's, no, it I, could it could switch. No, I know. I'm just saying. I don't. I've I, I've been active in the disability community for a really long time, and I've looked over what is coming out with the Medicaid. The story about how you played with little kids on TV for that network. You can find that on our episode of Mommy Dead and Dearest on White Wine True Crime. That is a whole other thing. Bones. Um, Check out that episode. It's a good one. But Check out all the episodes of White Wine True Crime. It's oh, fucking thank, great. Hey, thanks, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, you're both great. Uh, you're great. No, you are. Finger me. Yay. Yeah, hey. Oh, there we go. We're all so great. We're great. We it's great. weird. I'm sorry. Go on. On that note, uh, the way they're going to handle Medicaid, if this goes through, is going to kill a ton of people. And it's not just people addicted to opioids. It's right. It's disabled people that are dependent on 
Medicaid to survive. So, yeah. you know, that's okay. It, it, I mean, it's what Hitler did, but, you know, I'm, yeah, uh, it's I'm, fine. It's efficient. It's good. I've seen the man like... in the high castle. I know how this works. Hitler was a cunt dinger. <laughs> he sure was, Carrie. He definitely, definitely celebrated. If you that guys was like really well if thought you need out. A, if you need a link to buy one of these <laughs> now that you have your Kickstarter money, no, just let me there know. There is no way I'm going to let Carrie get two, two Wild, glasses deep wildly with affordable. one of those things in front of her while we're recording. I can't let that happen. Yeah, it, That's, it uh, will overshadow all of the content. Nothing. I, I'll never stop editing if I give Carrie this thing. <laughs> it's it, so fun. It's a nightmare. Maybe one time we'll borrow like, it. Yeah, and borrow I'll it. Prove, like on my birthday or something. I'll prove my point. <laughs> yes. That's what we'll do. For Carrie's birthday on White Wine True Crime, we'll come here. Borrow the sampler. It's called a sampler. So it's legit musical equipment. I'm stressed out. I'm kind of a producer. I'm not going to edit that episode. I'm telling you now, just so you know. That's fine. Leave it all in. All right. Finger me. Yes. But DJ Easy Adam, what was your name? Your street name? Your producer street name? I think you just said DJ Easy Adam. (laughs) I'm a slut. I like it. DJ Easy Adam. What happens when I'm not here, you guys? <laughs> I, it just, you were here. It was I was here? in the chest day. Close oh, in the chest. Man. Well, that day I was laughing so hard I can't remember clothes anything. Close in the chest. Yeah. If you want somebody dead, put their clothes in, in the, the chest. chest. And on that note. On that note. We've really covered everything. This was a fun episode? No. 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 This was pretty I'm depressing. I'm still not 100% sure about opi- opioids are. Aren't you not? It's <laughs> pain pills. Basically. But I do know something about syphilis tsunamis. Yep. You need to ride that wave. Yeah. Literally. Ride that wave to insanity. Is there a syphilis button? (laughs) That's a good button for syphilis. Siffy the bear. That's our syphilis dinger. (laughs) Whenever someone says syphilis. (laughs) Oh, I hit both at the same time. And that felt appropriate. It's fine. That's DJ Easy Adam does. That's how I do. He's over there on the ones and twos. You know how I do. (laughs) You know how I do. You know how I do. You're from Texas, aren't you? I'm from Texas, and this is how I do. Then oh I'm on the ones and twos. Fancy a fag after this? It's uh, what we call cigarettes. Then. Uh, <laughs> hey, this was really fun. Oh yeah, it was good. Do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? What else do we? I don't know. No, I don't Subscribe. know. I'm t- I'm, goodbye. If you want to hear this <laughs> show every week, which you do because it's amazing, subscribe on Patreon. It's $5 a month. Five bucks. Five bucks. All right. Five bucks, boo. Let's get out of here. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Caitlin, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Mm. <laughs> 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 Oh, my God.